Hello, America, and welcome to this episode of Apples to Donuts. I am Jeff Wamble. With me is my co-host, Dave Klimish, and we're doing something a little bit different today. We're introducing an inaugural episode of Off the Cuffs. Dave, are you ready for this? I am. I am. It's going to be not following the typical format, but we are going off the cuffs, off the rails. Jeff, Colin Powell. Colin Powell? I haven't the heard that name in a while. The famous Colin Powell. Okay. Uh, General ran for president or was going to run for president, secretary of state. Chief of staff. When he was yeah. a lieutenant, 24 years old, mm-hmm. somewhere in Germany at some base, he lost his 45 side piece. Friday night, just going around town and he forgot it at a restaurant, forgot it at a pub. Uh-oh. Monday morning, he shows up and his captain says, uh, hey, Lieutenant Powell, there was a incident at the elementary school over the weekend. Some kids found a gun and someone got injured. Oh no! The whole thing was made up. Oh, Colin good. Powell writes about it in his in his autobiography. But from that point on, not losing his side piece was forever on his mind. Now, Dave, you mentioned the side piece, and you said it was a forty-five. Yeah, could have been a thirty-eight, forty-five. Whatever oh, they okay. Had. Well, that triggered a thought in my head, and uh, it's a little little scary for me because when I was uh, on the road, a brand new cop, thirty years ago. Well, I had a similar experience that uh, Colin Powell went through, but mine was uh, a little bit more serious because where his was more of a learning experience and a test of his superior officer, mine is more literal. When I was a brand new officer, uh, about maybe six months on the road, I was in the training phase, phase one, in fact. I just came out of the police academy and were chasing a suspect down the road and The same thing happened to me as maybe happened to Colin Powell. I'm running. My gun comes out of my holster, falls in the field. We're chasing the suspect. We apprehend the person, bring him back to the squad. And my training officer looks at me and and he's like, where is it? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm sure you knew what he was talking about. Well, I'm like, at first I didn't know. And then my arm happened to, we're always touching the gun because it's, you have to do that. It's a safety technique and it's not there. Now I'm freaking out. My gun's missing. Well, what had happened is, long story short, is when I was in the police academy, they used um, these plastic red guns. It was hard plastic. Most people know what they look like. They're these fake-looking guns. Well, we were using them in place of our real guns, and we were jamming them in our holster so much that mine became a little bit loose. And the snap on my old weapon, this was a leather weapon, wasn't the best in the first place. So when I'm running to chase down the suspect... My arm brushed against the snap, and it came undone. Oh, and then you're running, and the, and the pistol just and starts getting And it just started loose. jiggling out, and it fell to the ground. Well, luckily, at that time, it was not quite dark. It was dusk. Mm-hmm. When my partner said to me, or my training officer said to me, hey, where is it? Okay, it's missing. We go look for it. We use our flashlights. We ended up finding the gun in the field. Nobody else knew it was there. Okay. Now we have to fast forward another month. The same exact thing happened. However, in between... Oh, hang on. You're a new officer. Six months in, you're chasing a suspect. Nice job. You could, And you apprehended the suspect. Your, your uh, side piece falls out as you're running or bounces, jiggles loose as you're running across Correct, the field. Yep. You find it with find flashlights. It. Correct. And then, I, I, that makes me think of an old story. My, uh, my grandfather was a dairy farmer, so he was famous for saying... There's nothing wrong with getting kicked by a horse once or kicked by a cow once. But the second time, why are you standing behind the cow again? Exactly. Are you saying something happened again? (laughs) Yeah, great analogy. Here's what happened. I go back to my training officer and I tell him what happened in the police academy. 
mm-hmm. where my gun holster was stretched out of shape by using these fake plastic guns in training. So he told me to report it to the captain, which I do. The captain took notes. He said, okay, we'll get you a new holster. Well, they never did. So now we're going to fast forward to about a month into the future. It's, okay. it's the middle of summer. You're seven months. This on the is second now. shift versus fourth shift, which is what I was working the first time. That's why it was dusk and not either all the way dark or daytime. Okay. Because fourth shift is an overlap shift. That's okay. a whole nother story. But anyway, so now we're in the middle of summer. It's second shift. It's probably three in the afternoon. We're chasing down a wanted suspect on foot. We're running through the alleys and the exact same thing happens. I did not get a new holster by this time, but my gun holster unsnaps. The gun jiggles loose, falls out. But this time there are, I would say, 50 to 100 people around us watching this chase ensue. Well, my partner didn't see it come out. He took the squad and went around the block. Uh, I apprehend the guy. We transport him back to the building. Again, my new FTO this time says the exact same thing. Where is it? This time I knew exactly what he meant because I heard those words before. My heart sinks <laughs> into my before. stomach, and my gun's missing again. We go back to the scene to try to find it, but there is no way we're going to recover it because there were so many people around. The, the uh, evidence we found or the information we received from people on the scene, it turned out some kids found the gun, and that's scary right there that it's children, right? Mm-hmm. Found the gun. One of them threw it over a fence. Another person picked it up, threw it in a garbage dumpster just to hide it. Someone came back later, retrieved that gun from the garbage dumpster, and thankfully turned it into the police department. Things are very different now. A new officer getting hired. Are the, well, I'll the tell holsters you updated? Everything's up. You still use those big red training guns as part a of a little training? bit, but it's uh, what what's different now is the holster itself. You know, we've established our ages to some degree, right? You know, mm-hmm. I've been on 30 years. That's a long time. Well, back 30 years ago, we had these leather holsters with just a simple snap. Now we have safety holsters. That gun's not coming out. So there's been a lot of improvement in technology since I was hired. And I can imagine what it was like even before I was hired, how bad it was. But at least from the point I was hired in the early 90s to now 2000. 21, mm-hmm. a lot has changed, including the holsters, thank God, because now the gun isn't coming out. You have to, there's a there's a release process. If you're running across a field, the jiggling isn't going to release the it, weapon. It can jiggle all at once. It's not coming <laughs> out. <laughs> you lost your firearm twice within a month or two. Did you? And you're a new officer. Brand how, new. How I much, was scared to death. I how was, much trouble did you get in? Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean... You didn't I, get fired, apparently. I... <laughs> No, right? 30 years, right? <laughs> no, um, but I thought I was going to. Having the gun missing, I mean, I was scared, I was scared out of my mind. So the next day, I ended up getting called into the captain's office, and I thought, well, this can't be good. This can't be good. Hands me a piece of paper. He was one of those, um, it reminded me of an old uh, grumpy, I, I want to say drill sergeant, but it wasn't a drill sergeant because they do a lot of talking. This was almost like an old grumpy general that just grunted at you. Yeah, he threw this piece of paper at me, and he basically grunts at me, hey, read this. So I start reading the, the, the paper, and it basically exonerated me of all uh, wrongdoing as it related to this incident, which I was thankful for because I truly to this day, I'll go to my grave saying this wasn't my fault because of the way that holster was stretched out and, and how poorly constructed that holster may have been. So mm-hmm. I was thankful that they could see that as well, and I ended up getting exonerated, and I was able to go carry out 
you know, the rest of my you duties. Were, and You were trained to do a job by, uh, in a certain way by people that were senior to you. They developed the system. You did your job well. And through that, something happened. So, right. yeah, you're exonerated. Right. So I was very thankful of that. So We have a family friend back in uh, our, everybody's family has several hometowns, but there's a family friend that I met. I, when I met him, he was 85, 90 years old, mm-hmm. but he was, he served in the battle for Iwo Jima back in 45. Wow. And he did his job well. He survived the 30 days or however long the battle was. And while he's waiting, killing time for the, it takes a week or two at the end, he's just killing time. And he puts his hand on the barrel of his, of his rifle, just sitting there waiting. And somehow the rifle discharged and shot into his hand. Wait a minute. So he's just resting his hand on the rifle and somehow the rifle discharged. Discharged. Somehow. Yeah. So what you're... In my world, that means somehow his finger hit the trigger. <laughs> it might have. It's humid. Maybe there was a wave. I don't know. But when I met him, it must have been a shotgun of some sort. Because when okay. I met him, he had 20, 30, 40 pellets still inside his left hand. You could feel them inside his hand. So I knew him. He was older. He was 85 or so. But he just he just had pellets in his hand what? left over from this what? random accident. Wow. Why weren't they removed? It's 1945, and he had to get back to the dairy farm. He worked with my wow. grandfather. So it, he was trained. He did his job well, and then just randomly, as he's waiting for something because there's nothing to do, catches a whole bunch of pellets in his Holy left hand. Holy cow. Wow. So did he still have use of the hand? Yeah, he could still move up, maybe milk cows with his right hand. Could he still <laughs> milk cows? I bet those... <laughs> Can you imagine milking the cows with... That's incredible, Dave. Did he have a nickname by any chance? Yeah, he did. I think all of the all the old timers that were with him called him Bumpy because of his <laughs> bumpy left hand. Okay. Well that fits. That fits. But you know what's funny is you said that was back in World War Two? Yep. Okay. But bringing us closer again, maybe twenty years ago. I was at a seminar once and sharing some uh, war stories with a fellow officer from a different county. And he was telling me that one time he was driving his squad around. It was late at night, maybe three in the morning, bored out of his mind, not much going on in his little neck of the world. And he is just resting his hand on his shotgun in his squad. They were at that time located to the right of the driver. And similar to your bumpy friend, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uncle he's bumpy. he's out of habit he's pulling the trigger of this shotgun normally a round is not loaded in the shotgun a shell's not loaded in in the barrel but for some reason this one particular night as he's doing that he pulls the trigger and he blows a hole in the floor of the squad <laughs> really yeah um <laughs> just driving down i yeah just central driving Avenue. down the road and he's pulling this trigger out of habit i don't know why you would do that but he did it and uh i don't remember you know that was a long time ago i don't remember if he got in any trouble he probably did but he was at the seminar, so he was able to share the story with <laughs> me. Probably didn't. Get, he was exonerated as well. Yeah, but somehow. I I, yeah, that one I don't know. There I don't a, know how you get out of that. There was an old John Wayne clip I remember, or uh, Clint Eastwood, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a big old pistol, I think. But they were spinning it on their hand, and in, in the movie, they were spinning <laughs> it and accidentally discharged it. But the round bounced around, and it knocked the gun out of the bad guy's hand, and oh, everybody, geez. the Lone Ranger, maybe. But it was like spinning the hand or spinning the thing sure, around. like a cowboy would do before he puts it back in his holster, right? Right. Um, well, it's funny you're mentioning that, Dave, because this guy I was talking to at the seminar, he was telling a lot of stories. He probably controlled most of the conversation, but mm-hmm. he also told us of a time he was working 
third shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a little bit older than me. So this probably took place maybe back in the eighties. And he was working with a guy who he called cowboy mm-hmm. for this, basically the same reason of, as you just described, they were in the locker room changing after their shift. And the officer that he called cowboy came down, started taking his uniform off and he, again had a habit of spinning his gun similar to you mm-hmm. the way you described it not in the movie he would take his uh, magazine out um and in fact back then it could have been um a six shooter oh you know, a revolver yeah. because that that's what they use a lot in the 80s and before well anyway i'm not sure what, of the type of the gun but he spins it like a cowboy but there was a round in the chamber his finger hits the trigger boom the gun goes off hits the locker goes through the locker that he's at and into the locker on the opposite side where another officer was actually changing his clothes. And the um, bullet never went through the second set of, uh, or the the second locker. It just nippled out, but at the location of where that other officer's head was. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow, I I can't imagine what that was like, you know, for him. But uh, the way he described it, it was was quite the fiasco. I'm picturing it. Seen from Alien, I think, with Sigourney Weaver, maybe, but where there's, there's <laughs> right. Alien is coming through a wall, but doesn't right. quite make it. Well, it happened so quick, too, because, uh, you know, I've been around a little bit of gunfire in my day, and it it's just boom, bang, over. And it's like, what just happened? It scares everybody. So oh. I can't imagine what that was like. The Gulf War back in early 90s, there, I had a family member that was serving as a nurse on a ship over there, mm-hmm. and a... There weren't as many casualties as the Pentagon had been expecting. There was some, but the one, pers- the one woman I know that was serving as a nurse in the Navy, the only bullet wound that she cared for was a U.S. Marine. Similar, they were killing time. They were, they were waiting for orders and just had a sure. week, seven days to to sit around on the ship. So they're playing cards, I think. And the one guy, the cowboy, pulls out his his pistol and is spinning it around under the hand just the same as you. Jeez. I wonder how often this this it must happens happen everywhere. Lot. It must happen a lot. The round discharges bounce around on the, the metal walls from the ship, hits this other marine in the calf, ends oh. up in uh, the OR and recovery and all that. So the only bullet wound that this family member I know, the only <laughs> woman, I'm sorry, the only bullet wound that she cared for in a combat zone was from the discharged cowboy 45 so, round. We call that friendly fire, right? That is, yeah, <laughs> friendly fire. Yeah. Wow. This is uh, very interesting. A lot of mishaps, uh, people maybe killing too much time or having too much time on their hands or thinking, you know, maybe it's more like bad habits. You know, people think they, they get away with something for so long, and then when they do it the one time, there's something that changed just a little bit, and it causes a mishap or close to a tragedy yeah. in your case where um, – that person could have died or, or that story that um, that officer told about the bullet going through the locker. Oh, yeah. Yep. Lucky yep. it didn't go through, and if it would have hit the other officer in the head, chances are he'd be dead right now. So, of course, here I am trying to look for a theme. Maybe the theme, when it's time to like work and hard and, and focus at work, you're able to do everything that you want. It's dangerous when the stress goes away, when you're just waiting when, when Uncle Bumpy is just waiting on a <laughs> right. beach in, in Iwo Jima, when, when uh, you're just playing cards on a, on a warship and you pull out your pistol. And it's, well, it's basically letting your guard down. Right. right? You know, you're like if you're in a war zone or you're at work and you're focusing and focusing, you do everything right. But then all of a sudden you got a little leisure time and you start goofing around. And next thing you know, there's a mishap and oh, somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Well, Dave, that was a quick 15 minutes. 
15 minutes of a, just kind of off the cuff talk about whatever was on our mind. You're absolutely our, right. Our that. goal of, is to not get hurt when we let our guard down, just to be able to be safe. But off the cuffs, hopefully this was an entertaining 15 minutes for for me. It was for me. Yeah. For you, the cuffs are off. There we I, go. I thought it was fun. Until next time, we'll see you next time on Apples to Donuts. <laughs>